Today's scripture comes from Mark 6, verses 30 through 44. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As they went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now very late. Send them away so that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy something for themselves to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, are, you, are we to go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, how many loaves have you? Go and see. When they had found out, they said, five and two fish. Then he ordered them to get all the people to sit down in groups on the green grass so they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them, among them all. And all ate and were filled, and they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces of the fish. Those who had eaten the loaves numbered 5,000 men. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. never really had one thing in my life that I felt I did better than everybody else. I've never really been elite or world-class in, in any one thing. I've, I've been okay. I've been pretty good in a lot of different things. But I also recognize that if there was something that I really wanted to be good at, um, most of the time it would require a, a level of practice or, or dedication or training. Um, that really would have kind of taken away from some other areas of my life. And so uh, if I wanted to get really deep and really skilled at one thing, uh, it was going to kind of draw away from everything else. And so um, I was content in my life to just be pretty good at a lot of things. Now, I mean, I've got natural abilities. I've got certain things that um, generally I do really well. Um, I reach things on tall shelves <laughs> really well. Um, I talk for a living. It's my job. My mother was not surprised. <laughs> you know, there's certain things that just kind of come a little bit naturally, but, but confidence 
has always been one of those things that I kind of approach life with a certain amount of humility of realizing that uh, not only am I probably not the best at something um, in the world, I'm usually not the best at it uh, even in like this room. There's generally always somebody that I know uh, does something better. So there's a certain kind of insecurity that maybe sometimes can come up with that, but at the same time, I'm confident in the things that I know I can do well. So for the last several weeks, we've been using this image uh, for impact generosity, this idea of uh, kind of a stone uh, skipping across water. And, and of all the things that I'm okay at in life, uh, skipping stones across water is one of my favorite things to be okay at. Uh, you know, you're enough, good enough to impress your kids, not good enough to impress anybody else, but kind of show up when it matters, right? So last year, uh, when I was at, at Fort Hood, Texas, I had an opportunity that I had some soldiers that were kind of coming into town, and they were just going to be training with us for a little while, and they were there just kind of a couple weeks. And, and so I took a couple of them around to see some of the sites and some of the towns that were in the area, some of the historic sites. And and there's one particular town uh, called Salado. And Salado is a great little town just to kind of spend an afternoon. They've got a great little uh, kind of pizza truck that's there that uh, nobody else could beat. But they had a nice little creek that ran right through the, the middle of the town and a nice little path that went alongside it. And so it was just kind of a good kind of scenic place to, to, to take people and, and uh, just kind of spend a cool afternoon. And as, uh, as we were kind of hanging out by this creek, um, I picked up a couple rocks, and I was skipping them across the creek. And y'all, it was pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it was like nine, ten skips all the way to the other side. Hits the bank. Home run. Everybody saw it. Awesome. But then one of the soldiers that was with me, she said, I bet I can do that better. Yeah, I know, right? Now, part of me was like, Oh man, she's going to show me up in front of everybody, right? But at the same time, I was like, well, let's see you try. So she picks up a rock. She gets ready. You know, my anxiety, my humility is already getting ready for the moment, <laughs> right? And she throws just as hard as she can uh, with just this massively disappointing splash about three feet off the surface, and it doesn't skip at all. And I say, what was that? And she was like, well, what do you expect? It was my first time. And I was like, that is a fair bit of confidence that you have going into that moment to just pick a rock up off the ground, see somebody skip it across and say, I bet I could do that better than them. With no amount of practice or exposure to that task ever in life. That is a great deal of confidence to say, I'm just going to bring everything to this moment, give it my all. And God's going to take care of the rest, right? Now, it's funny how, how much that might not apply in skipping stones. And yet, in our faith, the confidence of bringing everything we have to a moment and not relying on how well we think we can do it, but how much faith we have in what God can do in that moment really does speak a lot. So she didn't teach me anything about skipping scones, but she thought, taught me a little bit about faith in that moment as well. 
You see, over the last couple weeks and into next week, we've been talking about uh, impact generosity. We've been talking about uh, the ways that small acts in our faith through uh, prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness, that every prayer that's offered, uh, every dollar that's donated, uh, every moment of volunteering at the church, and uh, faithful moments in your workplaces and your families, that when you see opportunities uh, to show up in grace and mercy, and you take that faithful step, that God ripples that out in incredible ways. That God expands that grace, that hope, and that joy that we pour into moments, those faithful steps we take to change lives in ways that we never anticipated. We never really ever expected. But it takes a a good bit of initiative. It takes a good bit of confidence sometimes in order to take those steps, realizing that uh, maybe we don't have uh, everything that we feel like we need, and yet we have faith that God has equipped us for moments in life to make a difference. So in our scripture reading today, we hear uh, Jesus feeds the 5,000. And y'all, let me tell you, this is one of the easiest scriptures to preach for stewardship, right? The small little gifts that we bring to offer God, God takes those and, and multiplies them in incredible ways to change the world. That's a great sermon. That sermon will preach. But that's not the sermon that we're going to talk about today. So I want you guys to take that sermon, write it down in the margins of your Bible, and y'all preach that sermon later on. It's going to come up. But today, what I want to think about in this particular scripture is that in my Bible, this particular text in the Gospel of Mark chapter 6 is titled incorrectly. Or at least it's not titled the way that it should have been titled. You see, in my Bible, it says, Jesus feeds the 5,000. But when we read through the scripture of uh, the disciples kind of coming back from uh, their mission that the 12 were sent on to uh, perform miracles and and to preach the the coming of the kingdom of God, they're coming back and uh, they're telling Jesus everything that they did, miracles and moments that that changed lives and uh, changed cities and towns that they went to, changed who they were. Uh, They're coming back so excited, but they're coming back exhausted. In Jesus' ministry, they're, they're moving from town to town along the, the, the sides of the Sea of Galilee or Lake Gennesaret. And every time they go, the, the crowds are anticipating where they're going to go. And so there's thousands of people following them and, and thousands more trying to chase them down and, and guess where they're going to be. So they've got to find moments where they get some time off to themselves. They've got to find moments to, to recharge and to uh, kind of re-energize their batteries a little bit for the, the work that's ahead. But this one particular night, the disciples, they've gotten really good at anticipating ministry. They've gotten really good at, at understanding what they can do and what they can bring to certain moments. And, and so at this moment, they're, they're kind of looking around with some proactive eyes, and they're saying, man, uh, Jesus is preaching a little late today. Uh, these crowds are going to start to get a little hangry, they're start to, to, to get a little distracted, maybe... Jesus, if you wrapped it up right now, we'd, we'd at least give the people time to make it into town, hit up some food trucks or restaurants, get something to eat, kind of get wrapped up for the evening, and get ready for some preaching and some teaching the next day. Now Jesus, he recognized that the crowds were coming for a reason. And it says that he looked at them with compassion as sheep that didn't have a shepherd. And so he knew 
that they needed something different. They didn't need time off. They, they needed something different in that moment. And so Jesus looked at the disciples and said, you feed them. You see, the way that the scripture, uh, I think, maybe uh, was wanting to be played out, it should have been titled, The Disciples Feed the 5,000. But in that moment, as Jesus told them, you feed them, uh, they said, we, we, don't have, we don't have the time. It's late in the day. Uh, we don't have the money. Uh, we don't have the, the amount of food that it would take. Are you, are you honestly asking us to go at this hour into town with, what, 200 denarii and, and to buy enough food for everybody? Is that what you're asking us to do? And it's almost as if Jesus gives them the same response that Jesus gives us when when we kind of push back on what Jesus asks us to do. Jesus said, just watch and I'll show you what I'm asking you to do. He says, what do you have? You don't have enough time, you don't have enough money, you don't have enough food, what do you have? And they said, well, we've got these five loaves and two fish, which is, which is kind of funny because if you go back to the Gospel of Matthew, uh, they didn't have that, they took it from a kid, right? <laughs> But they took what they could get in that moment, and they brought what they could, where they brought what they had with them to Jesus. And Jesus took what they had. He blessed it. He offered it to God. He, he lifted it up, and he gave it to the disciples and told them to start passing it out, and it never ran out. It just kept going. And how often in faith do we have that same protest that the disciples have? If we don't have enough time, we don't have enough money, we don't have the opportunity to do what needs to be done to fix this moment. And God says, just watch. Because what you have with you, even the smallest ounce of faith, even the smallest opportunity that you have for an impact, watch me take that and grow that in a way that you've never expected. To change lives in such a way that I'm going to put that miracle in your hands and now ask you to go pass it out to the world. You're going to be a part of seeing lives change, of eyes being widened, of bellies being full, of people experiencing a miracle that is being done in their midst that started only with what you brought with you. And Jesus multiplies that in such incredible, incredible ways. Every moment that we give God in studying God's word, every moment that we give God in showing up for somebody that needs help, that, that needs mercy, that needs healing, every moment that we give to God in showing up to volunteer from a, a trunk or treat to a youth ministry night out to uh, the, the moments that we have of volunteers coming and, and folding and sealing envelopes to, to people changing the reader boards to people clicking slides in worship to, to people showing up at, at feeding ministries. Every time we give God just the simple expression of saying, I can at least bring who I am and what I am and what I have and God, I am willing to see what you can do with that. God multiplies that in incredible, incredible ways. And so when we talk about stewardship, uh, a lot of our conversation is on uh, budgets and planning and, and dollars and cents. And uh, part of that is because uh, that's what we need to do in order to prioritize how we can fund ministry uh, for the next year. But, but really what we're talking about is Ways that we can faithfully, together as a church, 
Lean into what God is calling us to do. When God is calling us to look outside of these walls and into the cities and our workplaces and our homes and our streets and our neighborhoods and say, these people are hungry. These people have needs. This world has struggles. And every time that we ask God to do something about it, I kind of have a sense that God looks back and says, I want you to be a part of that too, though. I want you to be a part of the things that I miraculously expand in this world and give it away freely to the world. And be a part of seeing miracles and lives change in our communities. And so over this last week, uh, many of y'all received an estimate of giving card that came in the mail. Um, next Sunday, we're going to have some here in worship as we celebrate our commitment Sunday to where we bring these back. And, um, and these mark just uh, planned giving, kind of financial giving uh, that, that we plan on being able to help support ministry through this next year. And so uh, through last week and, and the remainder of this week, um, this is a prayer tool. This is a prayer tool for families, for individuals to, uh, to pray over what, what God is asking us to do and, and stepping forward with our financial giving. But after next Sunday, uh, this was a prayer tool for you, and now it becomes a prayer tool for the leaders and the pastors of the church of a, uh, of a planning tool, rather, a way that we plan and prioritize ministry. But we recognize that this doesn't capture the impact of relationships. The, the impact of, of God handing us over baskets of grace and mercy, of hope and healing, of, of peace and joy and justice in the world, and asking us to give that away freely. That comes during the prayer time that you'll spend over this next week of saying, how can I open up my eyes more to be a part of God's work around me? The moments to where we walk by opportunities and say, uh, hey, I wish somebody would, uh, would, would help us create some more welcome centers in the church, or I sure wish somebody would put a message on the reader board sign, or I, I sure wish that there was opportunities in my community for us to feed more families. Uh, those opportunities that we're used to just asking God to say, hey, I wish God or somebody else would do something about that. How is God equipping you to lean into some of those moments as well? Because we need to do this work together in incredible and rich ways. And that comes in the, the smallest ways that you think that maybe, uh, maybe, maybe other people donate more money or maybe other people are able to donate more time or maybe other people's prayers reach heaven a little bit quicker than yours. Whatever our protest generally is, God says, just bring what you have. Just show up in those moments and I want to show you what I can do when you show up faithfully. And we make incredible, incredible impacts together. Now, when we talk about estimate of giving cards, uh, one of the reasons why these are so important to us is this helps us understand our giving for the next year to help us plan staffing, to help us plan our, our fixed costs to provide facilities here in the community where uh, the city votes for elections and Boy Scouts and Girl Scout troops meet and uh, AA groups meet and, um, and the fact that we're able to do incredible work with, with small groups and mission projects and opportunities. But uh, of the, the several hundred people that we have uh, every Sunday morning and we recognize that uh, if we reach 350 people, maybe on the first Sunday of the, the month, and maybe the third Sunday of the month, we also have 350, we, we recognize 
a lot of times that's a different 350 people. <laughs> the families come on different Sundays. and So of the hundreds and hundreds of families that, that we have that are able to attend church, we usually only get maybe 40 to 45 cards back to help us aid in our planning. And so as you prayerfully consider um, this particular card and uh, your particular participation in the ministries and the life of the church, I'm just asking that you hand it back in. <laughs> that, that you really take that opportunity to, to help us. Because we want to do this work faithfully. We want to do this work in incredible ways. And we realize that sometimes getting a card back is not the number that's on the card. It's a commitment from that person saying, I want to be a part of what God is doing here at this church. And that comes in incredible ways of all the people that work behind the scenes to make things happen from getting worship spaces ready to getting buildings ready to, uh, to making calls to, to, to folding letters of, uh, of showing up and getting children's ministry materials together or, or volunteering to have a trunk out in the trunk or treat or to bring a bag of candy. All those small moments that it feels like other people are more equipped to do, when we do them together even in small steps, man, God does something amazing with them. And so with this particular text in the Gospel of Mark, what I love so much about it is each of us has an opportunity to experience it in so many different roles. Sometimes we're a member of the crowd, and we're just coming to Jesus saying, I am caught in a situation in life that, that seems so overwhelming. I'm in need of healing. I'm in need of hope. I'm in need of uh, some sort of peace. And I will chase you along uh, the shoreline of this life until I find out what makes you so different and how my life can be transformed. Sometimes that's why we come to church, to have those experiences, to, to see if God will show up exactly how God has promised us to. Other times in life, we're the ones saying, hey, I got a couple loaves, I got a couple fish. It's not much, but it's what I can offer. And we give a little bit. And when uh, everybody gives a little bit, then that turns into something that's transformative. Into something that, that changes lives. That for over 5,000 men and countless thousands of women and children that, that experience the miracle on the side of that hill, we sometimes get to see what God multiplies when we bring God just a little bit. And other times, we're those disciples that get to have our hands on the ministry, to hold the baskets, to, to not only be able to, to reach out in uh, very real and physical and effective ways of uh, filling battle, uh, bellies and touching souls and, and blessing people's lives, but we get to witness in the miracle of what's left over just how abundant this life is that God promises us. And so I invite you to each of those roles of this scripture to consider how we come into worship and what we're looking for, to consider how we're bringing something to God to multiply in the world in incredible ways, and then how we want to be a part of the hands holding the basket to give it away for free so others might experience transformation the same as us. So as we go forth, let us do good work together. Let us be just as abundant with God's grace as God is with us, that we might be part of the ones handing out miracles, doing it together for the transformation of the world. Amen, amen. and amen. Will you pray with me? Almighty and gracious God, we give you thanks. Lord, we give you thanks 
for the miracle that you grow things larger than what we can ever imagine. That you take the small gifts that we have in faith that we're not sure there's much we can do with it. And Lord, you say, just wait at what can happen when it's in my hands. Because God, you are calling us to do miracles. You are calling us to meet needs and to see opportunities and to lean in. And when we ask for you to do something in this world, Lord, you just as faithfully look at us and say, you want us to be a part of that. So Lord, there is nothing that we need here in the ministries or the life of the church that you have not already equipped us with. Lord, allow our prayers, allow our presence, allow our giving, Lord, allow our our witness and our service to be used in such a way to touch this world. Lord, you have given us every dollar, you have given us every prayer and moment that we need. Allow us to faithfully bring it to you to multiply larger than we can ever imagine. As we do all these things in Jesus' name, amen and amen.